Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Friday, and I tell you, that was a mixed bag this week between weather, kids, uh, work. Time is a challenge, Mr. Twyford. It is. We only get the same amount, each of us. Isn't that right? We can't turn back time. Love to be able to turn back time, you know, get one of those sand timers like you see in the movies. And it, I like to for, fast forward time some days, uh, uh, certainly on a Friday. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just won't. You just won't embrace this whole kind of movement that I'm starting, will you? Oh, you, don't, you won't. Yeah, you're, yeah, that digital giggle. But we won't go there. Um, so go on. Uh, yeah, the, I can believe the May Bank holiday was here and then it was gone. I know. Like, um, do you know? It was a lovely May Bank holiday because Mike is, especially the, my young lad, is mad into Harry Potter. Even though oh. the movies, I think, officially stopped in 2012. So we had to have a Harry Potter weekend. I think we did all eight movies over the weekend. Oh, my God. Um, but I must admit, I think I get more excited watching Harry Potter, you know, than even the kids do. You know, there was popcorn. You're not going to believe this. I have never watched one of their one of the movies. Well, Emer, that's just pure sacrilege. You know, and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners will agree. Like, this is a must view, you know, to, to, to watch. Oh, uh, well, listen, I, I just think my time is too valuable. But anyway, what I was going to say, <laughs> what I was going to say to you is, talking to time, there are lots of business owners out there, as you know, hopefully yep. listening to us, um, who want to make the most of their time online. Yeah. So I think planning is key, as you know. And something I thought I would mention is a nice free tool called Trello. Um, and I know you use that, don't you? It's very good. Very mm-hmm. easy to use, very user-friendly. Um, yeah. So in case anyone out there doesn't know or hasn't heard of it, um, it's a fun, yes, fun, uh, Philip, an interactive <laughs> project management tool. I'm fun and interactive. Work, work fun. <laughs> you want to put your jokes on it. Um, so anyway, uh, it lets you organize your tasks in, a, in visual boards, right? So then you can add tasks to each thing as you're, wor- you're working on, for example. So assigning a deadline, add descriptions, images, yeah. videos, jokes. Didn't hear me say that. Uh, yeah. Create checklists, make labels and assign tasks to other people. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm I'm getting the work done here about the show, you know, you're assigning you me actually. all those boards uh, to yeah, kind of. I am. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I just think it's a wee bit like an interactive whiteboard with post-its on it, so you can move them around mm-hmm. and you can save it, so you don't lose the post-it. If that yeah. makes sense. So handy and great when you want to save time with duplicating things. And uh, like for, say, content calendars, you know, when you're updating all that. Yes. So again, I didn't mention anything about your social media jokes. Okay. Okay. They don't put it on. Don't put it on Trello. I've tried, but it keeps getting rejected. I think Trello obviously kind of filters out bad content. So Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I know deep down, Emer, you do love the digital giggle, just like our, our audience. So I was inspired. I'm off this. to press delete. <laughs> no, well. I was inspired by this joke, having watched Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, so faster than a speeding broomstick. Here it is. Okay. And to give you context, Emer, since you've never watched Harry Potter, which I'm just shocked at, the evil villain in, in Harry Potter is called Voldemort. I think I say Philip now. No, no, no. I didn't, oh, get, the, didn't get the role. Oh. So. Oh. so anyway, okay. So and if, it's a crossover between social media and Harry Potter. So... Uh, so why does Emer, why does Voldemort prefer Twitter over Facebook? I don't know. Because he only has followers, not friends. That just left you yes. cold. It did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I better go off and watch one of the movies. So oh. anyway, all I have to say is if you find today's social media joke anyway engaging and yeah, yeah, I'll give you fair play on Neil's social angle. Um, and you'd love more of them. You're in luck and you can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check them out because they are magic. Did you get that? Did I thought like it was that? great. Yeah, it yeah. was so good. It went over my head. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll try harder. So anyway, 
I have to say today's a little different. We have two guests. Wow. Great bit of balance. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So today we are joined by Colm Kiernan and Mary Kniff, um, and they are here from the Irish Federation of Funeral Directors. The association was established back in 1979 to promote excellence and expertise in the funeral directing profession and to foster cooperation between its members to enable them to provide a better service to their clients. And let me share a little more. Uh, Colm is the founder and communication consultant of Funeral Director Solutions, which is set up back in 2013, providing digital marketing consultancy services for funeral directors and suppliers. And Colm is also a full-time funeral director in the family uh, funeral business, Kiernan Brothers. Absolutely. And I have the pleasure to introduce Mary Kniff, who is a past president of the Irish Association of Funeral Directors, where she made amazing and excellent contributions to shaping up, upholding and further improving the standards and services of the industry. And Mary is currently a branch manager for Massey Brothers Funeral Directors. So without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, Mary and Colm. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, So can I ask you before we get started, what did you think of our social media comedian? Went over my head. And mine. Uh, Tommy Tiernan has nothing to worry about when it comes to presenting our jokes, so don't worry about it. Well, that's just <laughs> killed my uh, my my self esteem and uh, my opener. So uh, it looks like I'll be booking you in, Colm, for, <laughs> for a measurement. <laughs> my my comedian career has been just killed immediately. Well, listen, thanks for the vote of confidence, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep going, will we, Philip? We'll just keep I th- going. I think I move along. Yeah, quickly. I'd move along, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so guys, it's great that you're here with us. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I have to say, I have a phrase now that I've been, yeah, sort of, as I was looking forward to you guys coming on, um, and I was saying to a friend yesterday, well, it looks like there's three things you can't avoid, death, taxes, and social media. Very true. That roofs will leak. Sorry. <laughs> I said flat roofs will leak as well. That's the All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Now that you're right, you're so right, you know. So so what do you think, Philip? Well, I'm still reeling from the feedback of the joke, you know, so I'm kind of rethinking this whole radio gig. Are you now? Thanks very <laughs> I, much. I, I think know? so. But no, it's um it's great to have you on the show. Um like it's I suppose it's an industry. That you know, myself and Emer, we both work in, in in social media, and I suppose everyone kind of thinks that marketing social media is just for, I suppose, the product, the lifestyle, as well as those sexy products. But you know what the funeral business has to do, provide the services. You know, unfortunately, myself, Emer, lots of friends, we've all lost loved ones, and mm-hmm. you know that whole process of of finding a funeral director. You know, how do you go through it? doing a Google search, you know, do I know some of the local area is something that people don't think about until I suppose it, it is at that very point where they have to make those decisions. Um, we'd love to just, I suppose, to back up before we kind of delve in, you know, I suppose, Mary and Colm, if you want to tell us individually, you know, what got you into the uh, the funeral industry? Um, well, for me, um, thank you, Philip. I I fell into the funeral business by sheer accident. Um, I was happily working away in the uh, financial industry and uh, or the financial world, should I say, and um, was dealing with the company that was coming to Ireland to set up a business. And when I delved deeper into what the business was about, I became very taken with what I was hearing because I was just after returning that weekend after attending my mother-in-law's funeral and my father-in-law had died just a few months prior to that. Oh, sorry to hear that. Wow. Yeah, well, this is 20 years ago and mm. I never had, uh, well, while, while it was very much part of the community uh, funerals and wakes in particular back then, and I'm from a small village in, in, the, in the west of Ireland, and uh, community would be very much involved and uh, the neighbours would be all involved. It wasn't something that ever frightened me or that I was very afraid of. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I came to my own family, I realised, oh, goodness, you know, this is something I haven't really thought about. 
And also there was quite a large family involved and the decisions that had to be reached around that time involved an awful lot of conversation and an awful lot of wondering, well, would mum have liked that or would dad no, I never heard dad saying he'd like to be mm. that or whatever. Our mum would come home from a funeral and she might say, oh, now that was a lovely funeral. That's what I'd like. I'd like that coffin and I'd, I'd, I'd like a mass like that. But mm-hmm. nobody ever asked her, what was it like? Mm-hmm. So this company was a prepaid funeral planning company at the time. And they were setting up here in Ireland to assist the Irish funeral directors with pre-planning. And I was very engrossed in what they were telling me, so much so that they offered me a job. Wow. I thought long and hard about it. And eventually I decided I was going to change my career. And Mm -hmm. I did that in July 2001. And Mm -hmm. I have never looked back and I have never been happier. And I have never worked so hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've never had such a rewarding job as the one I have now. Yeah. That's my story. It's um yeah, and it's it's such a change of direction, but I suppose it does resonate with me and no doubt with Emer because you know, I, I would work with a charity in particular. Um and the the touching stories that you come across of people mm. who have say been uh, afflicted by the cancer that the mm. this charity represents, it, yes. it makes you appreciate, you know, yeah. what you have, etc. Mm-hmm. So I could I could very much understand how you'd feel like that. Um Colin, what's your story of, of getting into the industry? I would have grown up around a uh, family business here in Galvin and um, business set up in 1954 by my father and his brother. And um, I suppose one thing that I would notice, having been exposed to funeral directors all around the country, is that um, there's two very distinct different types of funeral directors in Ireland. Um, we both do the same job, but our... Our structures are very different. So in rural Ireland, you have mostly made up of part-time funeral directors who um, wouldn't be able to sustain a full-time living and bring up a family or anything like it by just relying solely on the provision of funeral services Mm -hmm. within their communities. So they would typically uh, dovetail with as publicans, um, auctioneers, shopkeepers, hardware store retailers, mm-hmm. uh, coach operators as a means of um, supplementing their income because it wouldn't be a full-time job. Like A lot of rural funeral directors will, can go weeks without looking after a funeral and then they couldn't mm-hmm. be doing three funerals in one week. So yeah. they have to design um, an income a complementary income that allows them to be flexible and able to respond when the time comes and have family there to back that up. Um, I remember meeting with um, some of Mary's colleagues before and hearing them talking about, um, you know, who had the phones at the weekend and just Mm -hmm. being astounded by this fact that a full-time business like that could have staff and could have backup that you could have weekends off and days off and, Mm -hmm. So quite a different business model when it comes to small towns and rural areas. And that's the background I come from. I, I would have trained as a, I was brought up in a business like that where it was the shop and my dad mm-hmm. was an auctioneer and mm-hmm. um, several different incomes. And we all had the opportunity to go and get third level education. And mm-hmm. I worked in Dublin for best part of 10 years between um, as an engineer, trained as an engineer, worked as an engineer, and then decided I want to go back to college and do a business course. And that led me down a different route. Uh, I was business development manager for a company in Dublin. And then in 2011, I decided to return to the family business and um, put a, a stake down in the place where I grew up. Mm-hmm. surrounded by family and community I grew up in and to take on the family business that's here and again as Mary said haven't looked back it's a very rewarding job when mm-hmm. we were growing up we'd often wonder what, why would you want to do that job and it's only when you do the job that you realise yeah you actually do get a chance to help people out and excuse my French it gives a great kick up the arse every so often as well you know realise you look after a certain tough situation yeah. and it's a very regular uh, perspective on what's important and what's not. 
Yeah, funny yeah. actually, when you were saying about the part time thing, I always wondered why um, up north, like I'm from Belfast, but I have cousins out towards uh, Kilray and that. And they, um, my aunt was really uh, best friends with this lady who ran a pub and a funeral directors at the, tea at the same time. And I used to think that was quite weird. Is it because like you'd need a drink to <laughs> the job or was it, you know, because somebody coming in, you go, you need a stiff drink? You know, it made a lot of sense, you know, that way. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wondered about that. Um, and then, like you're saying, Colin, like you've seen things really evolve. Um, I was recently watching a friend of mine, her mother died last week and I couldn't go to the funeral with COVID and, you know, the restrictions on, on travels. So um, I was watching the live stream of it, which I have to say, no pun intended, it's a godsend. As you know, you feel bad when you can't get to a funeral. Um, but I um, What's your thoughts? Have you found the evolution of live streaming as a medium? Do you, do you see it as you know, a real benefit now? Um, definitely the, the mm. live streaming um, is, has, is, a, is a benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when COVID hit, uh, up to then, there was very little live streaming and um, it had started to creep into our funeral arrangements because there, now there are so many of grandchildren abroad uh, have travelled and, mm-hmm. um, you know, various different parts of the world. And when a grandparent would pass away, um, it had, with the use of, of technology, they were able to view the grandparents' funerals. But I think what really helped during the lockdown was the introduction of the webcams in the, the, the various dioceses, introducing them into the churches. And I think it really helped as well with the um, whole COVID guidelines and uh, people not attending their 10 o'clock morning mass. Um, it, it it gave them the opportunity to be able to sit um, at home in their own living room or wherever and watch their own uh, morning mass or their funeral mass of their neighbour. And it has also opened up um, for, the, you know, friends and relatives around the country. Like, you know, I've, I've mm. often drove over to Galway to, to pay my respects or mm. out to Cork or wherever, but now you have the facility of being able to watch it online and even online condolence. And, and mm-hmm. it's really proved it's yeah. work in the last few months, for sure. Yeah. No, I just, as I say, I was delighted because I was thinking I felt so bad I couldn't go. But um, I don't, I, I think it will be here for a very long time um, because, as you say, you know, everyone's kind of scattered around the globe now, you know, that they can't get back. Maybe if it's, you know, one of those unfortunate, unexpected um, events and there's no way you'd be back in time. Just, you know, just in terms of the, the future, uh, just to pick up on your point, Ian, or like mm. the... Um, the fact, I think the streaming, but particularly the recording of funerals mm-hmm. is something that's going to be around because they are two different things. Yeah. Uh, a lot of parishes have webcams, but the facility in terms of having the recording of the funeral mm. isn't there in most cases. And that's where we find that um, streaming it through Facebook, through our yeah. Facebook page, uh, provides mm-hmm. that facility for family to look back on it, even that yeah. evening after mm-hmm. a funeral. Now, if you go back pre-COVID times, like we um, we lost our own father here in pre-COVID in 2019. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, if we had have said to people that we want to record the funeral and have it to look back on, mm-hmm. people would say, you know, that's a bit weird or it's a bit odd. Mm. But looking back now, it's something that I regret we didn't have or it wasn't socially yeah. acceptable then mm-hmm. because you don't remember um, half the things that happen when you are when you go through it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've had it said back to us, you know, when families have had the, the recording, when they watch it back that night, when they watch things like the cortege, how, how much support they get from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say enjoyment, but kind of, they appreciate it being able yeah. to look back on it mm-hmm. as a recorded piece yeah. um, online. I think that's so true, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just I saying. Agree with Colin there, um, Emer. I mean, I've had situations here whereby the family have said to me that it has brought them so much comfort afterwards, just mm-hmm. when the cortege was leaving the family home, to know that there were so many friends and relatives and neighbours out bidding farewell to their their loved one and the opportunity of live streaming or live streaming streaming gave them the opportunity to watch that time Mm -hmm. and time again 
uh, to watch the recording and yeah. companies like Memory Lane and other companies who do the live webcam. Um, it offers a great sense of um I suppose peace, and especially in these times now where people cannot attend, mm-hmm. they get great comfort. Families get mm-hmm. great comfort from watching it back, I feel, you know, so it is, yeah. us, I think. Yeah, and as I say, like, you know, um, there was a cremation to it as well, and then they, they were able to record it, but you can't record live streaming unless you, as you say, Colm, doing the Facebook recording live at a grave. You know, you can in a crematorium, they'll do the live streaming, but... You know, um, it, it's a nice way for somebody who, you know, they just see the church and then that's it. So um, as you have. Either, there is companies out there that will go to the gravesite. I had. Oh, great- right. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. OK. Yeah. Um, I used a company there like, just before Christmas and the whole service took place in the at the gravesite. Wow. Um, there's a son and a daughter in it and both were abroad, but they were both home before their dad passed. But their families, one was in Australia and the other was in Chicago. And I used a company called Memory Lane and they were able to live stream it. And they saw every moving part of that funeral. And wow. it was the days before Christmas and it brought such comfort mm-hmm. to their family. So there is facilities out there for the live streaming of those situations. Definitely. I, I suppose the, the point that um, I'd like to make on that, on that is that this technology has existed. It's just we're starting to apply it now and it's very powerful when you do. Like, I suppose that's a nice segue into this sort of question, because I suppose, would you both see that both funeral directors and the general public, are there trends and attitudes changing when it comes to a funeral? The fact that you've seen people embrace live streaming the ability to record a, a funeral and right up to the graveside. Do you see the attitude as to that this is something that gives us kind of peace? Uh, it allows us to use the technology. Are those trends that you are starting now to, to really be embraced? And is there other things that you're starting to see that are coming in that are having real benefit for your industry? Just in terms of the, the trends, uh, I think it's far more acceptable socially to use technology when it comes to things like online condolences. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the online, and Mary will, I'm sure, agree with me on this, like the the online condolence piece has been Mm -hmm. a revolution in terms of the feeling of the need to travel to go and and pay your respects from across the country. But along with that, I was on this conversation with Mary yesterday about um, a lot of people of a particular age feel an awful lot more comfortable to communicate at your home and shaking hands and not know what to say and not know what to do. Whether you agree with it or not is going to be a trend that will become more and more prevalent as that type of person comes into action with funerals. Yes. Let's say their, their friend's father's funeral. So I might get a text, let's say when my dad passed away from somebody who's pre-COVID again, mm-hmm. who just, I knew wasn't comfortable with coming to the funeral home and saying small talk to me. So instead he sent a message through Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. And the way I would look at it, I wouldn't judge that. Mm-hmm. I'd be more fascinated by the change of that, you know, that he felt that that was an appropriate medium yeah. to sympathise with me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Mary has seen similar things with, with online condolences too. Yes, Colm, I have. And I feel it's a generational thing as well. You know, um, and the older people, they're inclined to ask you, well, where's the condolence book? And now you tell them that there's no condolence book since COVID and they can go online. And, and people are much more comfortable. I mean, up to now, they will be going into the funeral home uh, to pay the respects, write their name on a book uh, to say they were there all. And mm-hmm. but now they're thinking, they're sitting down, they're thinking about what they're saying and, and they're leaving a much more meaningful message for the family. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that is huge because in the, the weeks ahead, the family, instead of picking up a condolence book with just a name and address or a name and telephone, maybe a written, number written, they are picking up a booklet uh, whereby all the messages are harvested for them by ourselves, by the funeral directors. We harvest all, all the messages that have been left for them. And it's a really nice memory book to have mm. and to take away with them. Okay. Um, and also, I feel 
their next generation, they're, they're not going to, to come and pay their respects in the same way as Colm said, that, yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. they are going to different means of paying. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, uh, you know, you would uh, still expect, um, well, I would have expected to see a condolence book, but as you say, that's no longer available um, with everything. But it's now changing um, people's opinion of, you know, a funeral and who to select as a funeral provider is changing uh, because communities have grown, uh, especially since COVID and people are working more and more from home and moving out of the cities. Um, can I ask you, Mary, have your members found that they are being viewed more and more online, like looking to see who could they, you know, somebody unfortunately dies uh, and then they they would Google maybe? Yeah, I'm finding here in the city in particular now, and I'm speaking from my own experience, that people are much more likely to do the research beforehand. Now, mm-hmm. Back in the day, God, you wouldn't dream of uh, uh, talking to the director before before a death. But mm-hmm. now people are doing the research. They're going online. They're using websites. I think websites are very important, very very important uh, for funeral directors because I feel people are going on. They're they're viewing online. They're able to go in, go in and view the premises to mm-hmm. them the viewing room, the chapter of repose, they're able to see the, the, the people they're going to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're very well informed before they pick up the phone to call you and okay. they're going to deal with. And I, I have seen that as a big change. And um, whereas the loyalty, there is still a lot of loyalty to the family funeral director, you know, that, that the people that have better buried your parents or your grandparents or whoever. But, mm-hmm. but I find people are doing the research now. And uh, uh, and they're much more likely to have looked at your website and they will say to you, um, we're here in the hospital or we're sitting at home. Mum's death is imminent. We're looking at your website. Can mm-hmm. you answer this, that or the yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're much more likely to have maybe preliminary arrangements um, uh, in place. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very good thing, I feel, because they are not making rush decisions that they might, you know, regret afterwards in a very emotional time. Yes. Um, would Would you say the same, column Because you're outside of the city, like. Yes, um, I suppose there'll be an awful lot more loyalty to um, local community funeral directors than maybe in cities. And that's where there are two very, very interesting conversations about mm. how that will change. Because um, when when you look at how the funeral trends will change, you have to look at the population or you have to look at the, the demographic who yeah. are typically the, the chooser and selector of a funeral director. Mm-hmm. So it's normally 45 years plus is the type of main funeral organizer. Oh, really? Um, you know, in terms of a family, like it's, it's mm. a son or a daughter, even if the, if, if there's still a parent alive, mm. a lot of responsibilities for organizing uh, tend to fall between that 45 to about 60 to 65. Mm-hmm. After that, parents are quite happy to let the sons and daughters look after things. You know, mm. they'll just be guided by them. So what happens every so often is that we come across funerals where it's like seeing a window into the future and, mm. We like I would try and consciously stop myself when I come across that. And unfortunately, it's generally where somebody has passed away before their time. So let's say somebody passed away suddenly in their 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. And what's left behind is either a spouse or a, a son or daughter who's in maybe in their 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that type of funeral, it's very interesting to see how they have done things and how they've researched things. So I'll give you an example in the last two weeks where um, I had a mid-30s male organising the funeral and um, because of circumstances like that. And one of the first things he said to me is, I was on your website and I saw a particular coffin on your website and mm-hmm. that's probably the one we'd like to go for. And it, you can just have that conversation and think, all right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and move on. But we as uh, like any business owners need to listen to the, that type of conversation say, yeah, OK, that's like a window five, 10 years into the future in terms of how people will have all their homework done on us first, know what they want to have, because mm-hmm. th- that type of person is coming. And as whether funeral directors like that or not, that is the future. Yeah. 
uh, they need to be ready for a column. They, they really do because yeah. it, it is coming and it's coming very quickly. And I think the fact with, with and I, I don't want to mean to be heading, uh, keeping going back to COVID, but I think it has stopped us in our tracks and it has made us really look at how things can be done. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Totally yeah, agree, Jamiri. Yeah. Like Philip, unfortunately, you had a loss yourself uh, a few years back, and it was you maybe didn't do your research to say you, you know the online angle because it maybe wasn't as you know yeah, like, uh, yeah, popular route, like, you know. Yeah, like to be perfectly honest, you, like we were only having this conversation myself and Ian before we mm. came on air, like where I live in Ratoth, you know. If you were to say to me, do you know, is there a, a funeral director in Ratoth or is there maybe one in Ashburn? And I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, and it's almost like we were saying it's the same, say, with, say, wills, making mm. a will. A lot of people just kind of, ah, I'm too young. I'll think about it when I'm maybe 60 or 70 and stuff. Mm. Um, and it's the same application here. And I think you're right, Mary. I think COVID has made has made an awful lot of businesses and industries suddenly kind of realize that the online space, like the growth of e-commerce has exploded and that the ability to use the online mechanism and tools mm. to communicate, empathize, promote, be there for your customers in a virtual sense has become critical. Mm. Like I, I'd be interested, you know, Mary and Colm, to get both your perspectives from your own individual kind of experience. Is there particular social media platforms that you see members of the Funeral Direct Association, you know, maybe yourselves, like obviously Facebook, you've mentioned, but say doing Facebook Live, do Twitter, Instagram, are they becoming like video as well? Are they becoming more popular? Um, just to pick up on that point, Aram, like the study I did pre-COVID was um, to identify the number in terms of the, the consultancy business I offer Um mm to identify the number of funeral directors who use Facebook. And mm. it was very low. It was something like 15, 20% at that stage. And that was 2019. Nice. I haven't done a similar survey since, but there has been an explosion of mm. Facebook accounts belonging to funeral directors because the demographic of Facebook, people who use it again, it has gravitated much more to an older generation than when it yeah. started out originally with college students and so on. Yeah. Nobody in college or teenagers want to be on the same platform as their grannies. Mm. So that movement has, has already happened. But uh, there's been a massive uptake in the 45 plus on Facebook. And that's the most relevant platform for the funeral uh, audience. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram and Twitter, like it's, it's much harder to um, provide relevant content on platforms like that. I, I'm yet to be convinced uh, by Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, yes, I can see it become more relevant as that generation moves in. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, another place for funeral professionals is supposed to be more active, I think, is LinkedIn because yeah. um, a lot yeah. of the city ones do it quite well, but yeah. um, rural ones don't. Um, but Facebook is where it needs to be at in terms of the audience and creating that community. Because what happened with COVID, um, I know Mary said we were talking so much about it, but it has changed so many things. It has allowed funeral directors to engage with communities when they need and want information. Mm -hmm. So what are the restrictions? Is it 10 at a funeral now? Is it 50 at a funeral now? Can we yeah. stand out? All of these things. Mm -hmm. And we can't, we can't, we're not meeting people at funerals. Mm -hmm. So the only way that we can engage at the minute is online. And it's a very, very powerful platform to do it on. Mm. And they can message, they may feel uncomfortable about ringing, but they could leave a message, you know, on Facebook yeah. Messenger. Maybe, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think mm. um, I think people, because see communities, uh, like Facebook has always been a social media platform where the power of community has really been a driving force, you know, and, you know, families, friends kind of, I suppose, show support, whether it be, say, fundraising or maybe in this case, a, a loved one has been lost, um, etc. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose a, a kind of a tangent on from that. Do, do you find our more and more funeral directors, I suppose, probably yes, so maybe in the larger cities, but maybe in, in the rural, it might be a bit slow or I could be wrong. But are you finding that more and more 
funeral directors are embracing social more now. Obviously, you've seen the increase in in Facebook usage. Are they starting to kind of realize the power of the website? Just exactly to your original point, Mary, but I suppose how important to have a really good website that when people go, it kind of, they come away with a feeling, yes, I like the tone of voice. I have a really clear understanding as to what I need to do in this uh, unfortunate kind of situation of we're going to bury a loved one. Um, I like the style. I like the story, the the sense of personality. Are you finding that funeral director now realize that this is the way forward and they need to kind of move ahead to keep their, their funeral businesses going, I suppose, into the, the, the next stage? Yes, Philip, I feel... Um, I mean, that is, it's imperative that they have their websites and that they have good websites and that when a family who are in need and need the services of the funeral director, when they go onto that website, that they get this feeling from that website that these are people who care, these are people who honour, are going to honour the life of my loved one, who are going to look after me, who's going to get me through the three or four uh, days ahead. And um, I feel that this, that has to be reflected in your website because that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking there while Colin was talking. I mean, I'm 20 years in the business now. And when I started first, you wouldn't dream of texting a priest. You wouldn't dream of texting a family mm-hmm. uh, or WhatsApping them. I mean, that just you just didn't do it. And it was almost verging and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, the it's it's almost the norm that you would text the priest's father to see if he's available or if the mm-hmm. church is free or whatever, because they're not in their parish offices. They're not, you know, they're all mobile. They're all moving around. They all have their mobiles. And it's it's just amazing the way it has changed so fast mm-hmm. yeah. um, in the last couple of years. And it's only in the last couple of years. But as to get back to your point, definitely the website is very important. Very and then, of course, the social media comes into play because that's how people will find you sometimes, you know, with Facebook column, you'd agree there's a search facility. And yeah, sometimes the, that's the, the way people will find you. Yeah, the search facility. I wouldn't be amazed by Facebook's search mm. facility in terms of, you know, in comparison mm. to Google yeah. when you're looking for service providers. Mm. But it's more about uh, appearing in news feeds um, yeah. showing up, being, a, I suppose, if you want to use the business term, being top of mind awareness that when people yeah. think yeah. of a funeral director that they have engaged in some way with a previous post or they have... Mm. So, so I was going to ask you, maybe, yeah. maybe you can enlighten us then on what types of content you're finding gets the most engagement then. Yeah, um, I suppose just to compare again the, the two mm. different types of funeral directors in, let's say, with, with Mary's company, Massey's Brothers, our full-time funeral directors, yeah. it can be a challenge for them to do things in the way that rural funeral directors could do on their Facebook account. So mm. if you take a large company in Dublin who may be looking after five or six funerals per day at least, mm. To constantly have funeral notices on that page mm-hmm. um, of people who are maybe you have no connection to or no mm. knowledge of who they are is probably a little bit overbearing if you're yeah. seeing that amount of content per day. So mm-hmm. with your large organizations, you typically see community engagement posts or, mm-hmm. or you know, things like when Mother's Day is on, you know, yeah. ways to get through Mother's Day, ways to mm. get through Christmas if you've lost someone or, mm-hmm. you know, again, a lot of the, the large organizations would run events for families once per year or it might be a candlelight ceremony. So those mm. type of things are very engaging. In terms of rural funeral directors, uh, I'd certainly be encouraging rural funeral directors to publish their funeral notices, mm-hmm. but to publish them in such a way that they're not sending them off to another platform because Facebook doesn't like when yes. you send somebody off to another platform. So mm. I would always encourage people to publish the photograph and to put all the arrangements on their Facebook page. Yeah. You know, rural funeral directors don't have to publish that often, but mm. the engagement on those posts are absolutely oh, yeah. massive. Now, in the last 12 months, the most engaged post that we had that was shared across the country was uh, a post about, and this is, you'd find it with all funeral directors, it was a post that originated in the UK about people stopping and standing when they see a hearse. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I know I was just checked on Massey Brothers account there. They shared it last year as well. Mm-hmm. And in comparison to all the other Facebook posts on that account, it was, it was shared something like 1,200 times. Wow. You know, that like that's, if we're talking about Facebook and numbers mm. and engagement, that's off the charts in comparison to most types of posts. Because it probably resonates with a lot of people because they know they will be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the type of content. But mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it when it comes to um, it's it's a bit like any other social media. Account. If you have a, a person in it, a photo in it, mm-hmm. um, like what we have done recently ourselves, instead of having a photograph published directly, yeah. we've, we use a tool called Canva. And what it does, you can put a frame around somebody's mm-hmm. phone. So it's just not as much in yeah. your face. It just yeah. is a little bit more subtle when it comes to the fact that somebody's photo is on is on social media. Yeah, and if you if you display it nicely, it it makes it more um, engaging, as you say, mm. because Except people then know. yeah, and people kind of feel it's not so not saying it's not serious, but it's it's maybe more you know like a, a nicer approach. It tones it down slightly, yeah. but you still get the engagement from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say, uh, it just seems that uh, you know. Social media is not going to go away for the funeral industry. Um, and uh, do you find that you see um, more members starting to use social media to promote themselves online? Or is it just, you know, the latest death notice or thought provoking uh, piece of content? You know, do you see them doing like maybe paid ads or? Uh, certainly in in city centres and I suppose highly competitive areas like mm-hmm. cities, the requirement to run paid ads, I haven't seen it yet, but okay. it's, only, it's only a matter of time. But uh, when it comes to social media um, sophistication, the funeral sector will be a little bit behind when it comes to mm-hmm. things like sponsored ads or using pixels on websites and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've no doubt about it. It is coming. What, mm-hmm. what I do think, and Mary picked up on it um, because again, I think the Massey Brothers website is very good, and you'll, you'll probably see Mary on. I had a look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you click in and see Mary's lovely photo while she's meeting some people. When yeah. you when you click into a website, personality is so important mm-hmm. um, that you can know who you're actually meeting. Yeah, you can get a tone and a sense of the company. So when it comes mm-hmm. to Facebook and social media, I think tone is very important as well. That, Definitely, that there aren't posts on it that are too jokey but yet you know it's a very hard balance to strike where you're kind of thinking oh you know that's not very appropriate to have that and it's very easy to make mistakes mm-hmm. yeah. it has to be uh, Colin I feel there has to be a reverence about it yeah. and, and that's mm-hmm. where I have a slight reservation with Facebook insofar as now perhaps it's my age and, and my era but um there has to be a reverence about it and and if, if, if it's a very thin line you know and you have to be so careful that you get it right I, yeah. I think on that point Mary that and then put the same as websites and I remember a funeral director saying to me um you know I'm afraid to use social media because I saw this company down the road who you know got cleaned out of it on Facebook yeah. they had bad comments and my point back was if your company is run well and it's run by people who are sensitive you're not going to have that problem because you're going to be first of all you're going to get good views if you're a good company second of all if you use your common sense and your your personality about what you would post and what you wouldn't post mm-hmm. that'll shine through on your social media as well if you're excused to uh, the term an idiot or an idiot and you <laughs> happen to be a funeral director chances are your your social media page is going to reflect that as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and and there are wise words. And that we would always say that to any of our clients, you know, that if your brand is not about, obviously, jokey, jovial, or has that persona, but then respect or live what your brand value is. Um, mm-hmm. like, like an element that has really has, for the last number of years and continues to be a potent force on social, has been the power of video. Um, and especially with COVID, we've seen the explosion of Zoom um, and more and more kind of people getting on video using YouTube, but even just having video on their websites to, I suppose, to give people a sense of, you know, this is me, this is Jim, Mary, Tom, these are the team behind who are going to look after you. Mm. Are you finding that more 
funeral directors are or are will consider to embrace maybe video to showcase their human empathy and because I do find as a as a consumer myself that when I see a video and I, I get a sense of the individual who whether they be maybe doing some training or whatever it might be that yeah I like their I like their style I like their tone it's almost like a virtual rapport has been created do you see more and more of that happening with um, with fellow funeral directors I feel yes Philip I think that is going to be the future and the way ahead yeah I really do and um with more younger people coming into the profession, I see that as definitely mm. uh, going to be what funeral directors are going to be looking to do mm. to improving and enhancing their websites. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin, yeah, I suppose that my my experience with funeral directors is that we are as a, a sector very slow to embrace a lot of these things, and yes, um, I think the lack of photos and personality that you see in a lot of funeral director websites reflects yes. the fact that whatever chance you have of getting them on in photos mm. it's very very difficult to get them on video it's just the nature of the personalities so, mm. you know, typically we're quite shy retirement type people who mm. are much more happy to be directing things from the back rather than from the sure. front the videos that i have seen can be a little cringe already um, because of the types of, again it's personality they're much more likely to be the extroverts and the um, the, the out there people who aren't shy and are quite happy and comfortable in front mm. of the camera yeah. but it's, it's very hard to strike that tone mm. but at the same time there's no doubt about it it is coming like all you have to do is look at TikTok like yeah. as a platform mm. Mm. and say right how does that apply to funerals and it, it, it's going to come in where in terms of, let's say, just if, if you fast forward two or three years and COVID happened now, you'd have an awful lot more funeral directors getting in front of a camera to explain mm. what the updates are. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it would just be much more. Mm. Even, even like the behind the scenes. Not, I'm, I'm not saying go right behind the scenes, if you know what I mean. But I think going behind the scenes and seeing a day in the life. I had seen a, a there was a documentary on Channel 4. And mm. they were showing the the team and how they look after their the horses and you know. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing I'd say about that, Amor, is that mm. you're talking about highly produced uh, program, right? Um, okay. With, okay. With editors and sound, yeah. To do something like that in mm. a funeral environment, um, like I, I saw re- recently being done, and it was a, I think it was either Snapchat or Instagram for a funeral mm. director mm. took a photo of themselves and was basically saying off to work today and. Mm-hmm. I just did not think that that was, um, I certainly wouldn't like to have known that that was my yeah. fu- father of mother's funeral who. No, 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 no. But what I was saying was him. it was just showed the vibe that they, you know, there were, uh, they were a nice yeah. team of people. Yeah. That's what got me, you know. The, and, the, the people who, you know? who who do it and take it on and do it well will yeah. be will be the kingmakers. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But yeah. there will yeah. be a lot who try it and fail and will maybe do themselves more harm than good. Oh, I agree. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to sort of decide I would go with the guy that went off to work today. Definitely not. Um I in regard to going forward, um, maybe Mary, you could answer me this. Um, what areas do you think your members could improve on online? Is there or is this still a work in progress for them? It's still a work in progress, um, both with the likes of Colin there and, mm. um, you know, young forward thinking, has mm. the ability, has the information, knows yeah. how to it across it's people like that that is going to change the faith mm-hmm. of the funeral industry I think going forward it's coming it's definitely coming mm-hmm. and um, the way of doing things in the past and being reserved and you know not being out there mm. all of that that is changing yeah. uh, and it's a generational thing as well and it definitely will change so I can see like uh, education programs in the in the future for the association mm-hmm. more um, be seen be seen yeah. online yeah yeah and uh, Colm your thoughts 
question does it is asked continuously in the last 12 months is is COVID going to change funerals and mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to change funerals that much mm-hmm. that when we get our all get our lovely vaccines and get back to some sort of normality yeah. I think mm-hmm. particularly in rural areas things will, will go back to the way they were mm-hmm. what I think changes funerals is generations so mm-hmm. um, the generation shift that happens every 20, 30 years as mm-hmm. one generation passes away, another one comes in to replace it. Mm-hmm. Or as they used to say, you're the next one along in the paddock now in terms of your generation when it comes mm-hmm. to it, that that's more likely to change. So right. if you look at, the, I suppose, the, what's called the silent generation, people who are you know 75 plus um who were born in the 1920s, 1930s and late 1930s into the war years, mm. in 10 or 15 years time, it's actually going to be the next one long, which is the baby boomers. And the baby boomers live their lives, um, have religious attitudes, have family structures, which are much, much different to the previous generation. Mm. And that's going to have a massive impact on how funerals change rather than, I suppose it, the blip of COVID has sped things up maybe yeah. a couple of years, but I think it does take generations to change these things and that generation's come. So in other words, uh, you have to move with the times and go online, Philip. Absolutely. Mm. Yes, there's no getting away with it. I think no. uh, I think every business, um, you know, no matter what, whether it is funerals or you know, whatever it might be, um, mm. you you have to uh, you have to look at your online presence. I think it's uh, it is critical. So, so listen, Colin and Mary, it has been a fascinating chat because I suppose you would never associate maybe um, mm. social media with say funeral directors, but it is really enlightening yeah. me today exactly just how critical and how relevant it is. Mm. So it's been great. Thank you so much for sharing your your insights with us today. Thank you both. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, um, you know, um, if people want to go and find out more about what the Federation does or, you know, have a chat with Mary or yourself, Conan, where can they find you? Yes, I am branch manager with Massey Brothers in Temple Oak Village and uh, they can find me on Massey Brothers website. That's brilliant. And Colm yourself? Yeah, you'll find me on LinkedIn under uh, Funeral Director Solutions, uh, Colm Kieran, or Funeral Director Solutions.ie or uh, Funeral Director Solutions on Facebook as well. So you're everywhere, Colm. And you have to try and be. <laughs> you fully embrace social. Accept my joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. So definitely. thanks again, Colm Mary, for joining us and Philip. Uh, well, all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that's left to say is I've been Philip Twyfe of The Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye. Bye.